1: Hi,
0: this is Walter Koenig,
1: and you're listening
0: to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Now, welcome back award-winning writer and director, Mark Cushman. The latest book that Mark has put together is These Are the Voyages, Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek in the 1970s, Volume 1, the first of a two-volume set of chronicling the career of Gene Roddenberry between the cancellation of the original Star Trek in 1969 and the release of Star Trek The Motion Picture in 1979, a 10-year period that included Roddenberry's first foray into feature motion pictures, which included the release of Pretty Maid's all in a row, starring Rock Hudson and Angie Dickinson, plus the development and premiere of Star Trek, the animated series, the pilots for Genesis 2, and the Quester tapes, and a whole lot more. One of the many things I like about Volume 1 of the Roddenberry book, Mark, is that, as we just mentioned, you had access to all of his private papers during that time. And while your admiration... And respect for Gene is evident. It is not a fawning portrayal in any sense of the word. Just as one example, you illustrate how, in many cases, Gene's problems with the network NBC and with the studio MGM while well, he was doing Pretty Maids and during his development deal in the early 1970s, in a lot of ways, Gene's problems were of his own making.
1: That's true. And, you know, the whole reason Star Trek got canceled was because he was fighting NBC so much. What my uh, first three books prove is that the ratings were not that big of a factor. It was doing well in its time slot. It may have been halfway down the list of the 100 network TV shows that were being produced, but it was uh, NBC's top-rated Thursday night show. They move it to Friday. as their top-rated Friday night show. They move it to 10 p.m., and it still won its time slot with this kickoff episode, Spock's Brain, of all things. So it was doing well enough to get renewed. It was getting more fan mail than any other show, including The Monkees. So they would have picked it up, but he was fighting them tooth and nail on everything because he wanted to write stories that the network didn't want to tell. Uh, back then, in prime time on an entertainment TV show, he was going into themes that they weren't comfortable with. And the same thing in the 1970s, as you experienced when you were reading this book, is that you know he quit every one of his pilots. He made the pilots... And I didn't know this until I went through all the show files, but every one of them sold as a series. And he gave out numerous script assignments and was rewriting scripts, but he walked away from each one of them because the, net, the network or the studio or both combined started making changes, and he felt that it was getting to be something that he didn't want to be involved with and have his name on. I had no idea that was the case until I got into these papers. So he kept walking away, but, but he was not difficult. You know, you know, he was not uh, somebody who just threw a temper tantrum and quit. He just had his ethics, and he had a reason for wanting to do the shows. And if he wasn't going to be able to get the show that he wanted to do on the air, he didn't want to do it. He wanted to go do something else. He wanted to talk about important events with characters that were compelling. And if they weren't going to be good, better not to do them at all. He
0: was uncompromising in in every sense of the word, and you know it's a double-edged sword. The fact that he was uncompromising and very, 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 very protective of the Star Trek franchise, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about him. You, you wouldn't be publishing as many books as you've had on Roddenberry in the last five years if it weren't for that. But at the same time, for someone who worked in television as often as he did, you would think that you have to give a little bit of ground in order to get something made.
1: Well, he did that for decades as a freelance writer. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he sold over 100 scripts before he uh, ever produced his first show. So he had been playing the game by the network's rules for over a decade. And when he got that first show on The Lieutenant, you know, he wanted to tell important stories. And the reason that series got canceled by NBC is because he told a story on racism in the military that they didn't want to air, and the military didn't want it aired, uh, so he went to uh, um, special interest groups and everything to get to put pressure on the, the network. It finally did air. It was an episode called To Set It Right. But they canceled the show right after that. They so said, we're not going to work with you. And the only reason they did Star Trek because because Lucy O'Ball got behind it, and NBC wanted to have a relationship with her, and Erwin Allen was having great success on ABC and CBS with his first two series which were winning their time slots so that's why NBC got back into the game with Gene Roddenberry but by the end of the decade they didn't want anything to do with him so it, it uh, you see his struggle to try to tell the stories he wants to do against a system where if, if he was around today doing this Ed he would have no problem mm-hmm. because you have shows like Breaking Bad and Dexter and House of Cards and things of this nature So now you can tell the type of stories he wanted to tell, and the networks are going to be encouraging. But back then, they weren't ready for those type of things.
0: They weren't ready for that on network television, and the motion picture industry was not ready for that in 1968. One of the things I was not aware of, and you point this out in the first part of These Are the Voyages, Gene Roddenberry, Mark, is... uh, his efforts to bring Tarzan to the big screen mm-hmm. in 1968, even though there was a, you know, a semi-successful television version on at the same time, Roddenberry wanted to take Tarzan in a different direction.
1: He wanted to get back to the, the, the feel and the theme and the, the tone of the original books and not Hollywood's glossed-over version of Tarzan. He loved Tarzan when he was a kid mm-hmm. and uh, uh, reading the books and and so when he got an offer to do this by the owners of the tarzan franchise he came in and he wrote something that was pretty controversial edgy sexy you know all those things and it was just something they didn't want to do Uh, then he went on and did the movie pretty Maids all in a row which you could say the same thing about now that (laughs) got made it got made but it got mixed reviews and and not great business and that ended his film career so he went back to tv and did Genesis 2, Quester tapes, uh, Planet Earth, uh, Spectre. And and with each one of these situations, he was just too ahead of the times. He was trying to do things they didn't want him to do. So you're right, but you see you see him. You see his soul. You see his passion. You see, you see his uh, desires in all of his letters and memos. And it's really quite emotional to, to see him pleading with the networks not to destroy this, this series, all of his pilots, and I didn't know this, but they all got good ratings, mm-hmm. they all got picked up, and now, and now you see him fighting with the networks, and there's one letter in particular in, in this new volume where he's telling uh, NBC, because uh, it was CBS who wanted Genesis 2, it was ABC that wanted Planet Earth, uh, but he was doing uh, cluster tapes mm-hmm. for NBC, mm-hmm. so they actually gave him one more shot, and they're trying to mess it up, after the pilot was real good, and and he's telling them, he's begging them, and he says, listen, I went through this with your network before, with the guys that were running it 10 years ago. And if I had done everything they had asked me to do on Star Trek, it wouldn't be what it is today. You wouldn't be having the conventions, it wouldn't be a major hit in syndication beating a lot of your own shows in prime time. It wouldn't be this because it would have been bland and it would have been just expected stuff that didn't have any messages. So trust me, I know what I'm doing. And if you give me the freedom to do what I know needs to be done, this could be a really terrific show and a big hit. They wouldn't listen to him. Just, they just kept fighting and fighting and meddling. And it's when I was reading these memos, Ed, I mean, I, I started feeling angry for Gene because he was trying so hard to break through with them and let them know that, that he knows. And the same thing when you see him that's trying to do the return of the Star Trek in the movie, which is volume two. So you haven't seen that one yet, but uh, he's he's pleading with Paramount, I know the show better than anybody. This script will work. This is the one they want to see, the fans will want to see. Nope, nope, we don't think it's any good. We're going to bring in another writer. And things like this, you just see him going up against it time and time again.
0: Forty-five years of the Rockford Files, revised, Third edition: The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk